Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Sproul. Welcome to First Draft for this week. I'm Chris Sproul, joined by Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay. Todd looks a little bit uh, like Val Kilmer at the end of Tombstone. Like really, Sweating. really close. Like just imagine we're in a sanitarium or whatever they call it back in the day. Not only that, but uh, he's headed to Laramie, Wyoming to scout Josh Allen this weekend. So that should be about 80 degrees so of palm be, trees. I'll be just as sick next week when we do this. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, so will you. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we're in a studio right now that's roughly the size, fittingly, of a coffin. So <laughs> I'll be joining Todd soon. Uh, this week, you know, we've had a lot, of, uh, a lot of people asking. We've been talking prospects, college football a lot. For the very first time, we want to jump into the draft order a little bit of what it could be, what some of these teams could be thinking, where their priorities could be between. I mean, there's a lot of time, a lot of changes. We have senior bowls, we have combines, we have pro days, but at least we have a pretty good idea, or we're getting close to who's going to be who's going to be picking early, and uh, in some cases, who's going to be picking often because of uh, trades that have been made. For instance, right now. The Cleveland Browns have a 91% chance of being the number one pick. They have a 100% chance of being the top five. The San Francisco 49ers are doing a hell of a job of contending with them for that. But they have, you know, close to a 10% chance of beating out the Browns for the top pick. Again, 98% top five. From there we go Bears, Jags, and the Jets, who've uh, gone from 10-6 and six to 3-8 and eight this year, so... The interesting one, of course, is the Tennessee Titans could be there early in the top 10 uh, because of that trade with the Los Angeles Rams that obviously netted the Rams, Jared Goff. Mel, when you look at this, you know, starting off with number one, we we think it's going to be Cleveland. I mean, it's the quarterback board is you and Todd. Todd's been all over it. He's going to Wyoming in search of one. Um what are you thinking when you just look at the Browns? We know the philosophy. We knew this was going to be a bad team. We knew they were going to play a ton of guys that hadn't even played any NFL football. It's all working. Um, they're going to get that top pick. But what are you thinking when you're, when you're looking at this team, what they need, and you know uh, everything? It's Cleveland. Uh, you know, you don't know what they'll do uh, in terms of maneuvering, whether they'll try to get out of there or not. But if you go back to what they did last year and you kind of piece those those into what they have, Corey Coleman with Pryor. Now is Pryor going to remain there? So you have some strength at wide receiver potentially moving forward. DeValve and, and Barnage, you have some strength at tight end. You got Thomas. Okay, Irving hasn't figured it out yet. You got a right tackle issue. So you got basically a center guard right tackle issue. So offensive line. Skill positions, do you need a running back, a dynamic running back yes can you wait on that maybe quarterback are they going to be go more forward with Kessler where does RG3 factor in they're the ones that passed on Wentz to Kessler we'll see what they do there defensively they need DBs and that's the thing I mean they got some young kids up front Shelton's coming on a little bit okay they drafted Nassib and Ogba 
But the linebacker situation, you could add one. They drafted Schobert. You got Kirksey. But secondary-wise, they need help. So uh, I think at number one, if you can get an offer to get out of there, you can. If you want to reach for a quarterback, do you look at Mitch Trubisky at one? I have him on the board right now at 13. He's got uh, the one year as a starting quarterback. So I, I don't think they would take a quarterback at one. Uh, but I think trading out of there, Todd, would be a nice option if you get an offer. Yeah. And they Proved they, they don't mind trading out last year, and it's obviously not looking like the right decision, but we'll see how, how it all plays out over time. I, you know, quarterback's the, the obvious one. I just I don't see a quarterback that I would consider at the number one spot, and I, I think I think the perimeter guys, they, they need help, like you said, a wide receiver and corner. So um, it's just amazing to me. They drafted five guys a year ago, and yes, but they need a true one, like a, a legit one, I think moving forward. So is that Mike Williams? I know you're not taking him at one, but can they move out of that spot? And we keep saying that, but what what is the team going to move up for? Or do you just take a Miles Garrett because he's the best player and, and you, you utilize him for, for what he does best and getting after the quarterback? So it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I, right now, at the very top of the draft, you've got a lot of defensive players, as we've seen the last few years. But uh, the the lack of offensive skill talent outside of running back is um, is surprising. Yeah, I mean, I've right now, uh, and I'm doing the big board again. They 18, excuse me, 17 defensive players out of 25. So it's not a fantasy league draft. I think moving forward, the NFL defenses may be catching up a little bit. So you may have some points scored in the NFL coming down a little bit over the next two to five years based on what happens this year. Uh, but I think you, you mentioned the team, Chris and Todd. We talked about Tennessee maneuvering last year the way they did, you know, moving down uh, from one to 15, then back up to eight, and took Jack Conklin, who's been an outstanding rookie right tackle. Uh, now, if they're sitting there that uh, in the middle of that uh, top 10 somewhere at 5 6 7 Tennessee desperately needs defensive backs. I mean they got to be able to cover on the back end. Matt Barkley lit them up Sunday. Matt Barkley should have won that game. Uh Bellamy dropped the touchdown pass and they dropped several uh late in that game. I uh, dropped a, a number like 8 to 10 drops during the course of the entire game. So they got to get Tennessee does some defensive backs. They cut the corner Cox this week. So uh, I would think Tennessee and in, in the middle of that uh, top 10 somewhere would be looking at a defense defensive back corner safety. But in terms of the 49ers, that gets back to Todd, what do they do at quarterback moving forward? I mean, where do the 49ers go? There's no quarterback to take. Do they look at wide receiver? But it's too early to take a wide receiver. So a lot of these teams are going to be sitting there, uh, you know, looking at the making a pick, and it doesn't fit exactly what they need. Mel, you know, one thing that popped into my head, we, we know in recent history the Browns have frankly, you know, had some disasters when they've had, you know, multiple picks. This is a team that has two two ones, two twos, and a three this year. I mean, they have to do really well in this draft. The one thing that popped in my head, though, a little bit is, you know, we saw it a few years ago. They had two first-round picks, and because they had two first-round picks, maybe the value didn't hit quite right. They, they went with Justin Gilbert, um, and then they ended up with Johnny Manziel, and you thought, well, if one of them hits, you know, at least we took a shot on our quarterback. I just hope... I wonder, I hope, but as you guys said, you know, there isn't a clear quarterback at one. I hope they don't fall into that trap where they say, well, we can reach on the quarterback because we have another first-round pick. I mean, is it, doesn't in the end, I mean, we keep seeing when you just take the best player, 
It just seems like it works out more often. Well, and also the one thing we should discuss at some point are the quarterbacks other than the draft choices that could yeah. be available. I mean, Mike Lennon is sitting down there at Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, he's going to be moving on. So, you know, Mike Lennon is somebody you can get. Uh, you know, what happens with A.J. McCarron uh, moving forward? Jay Cutler is not going to be where he is. You know, what happens there with him? Who's going to bring Cut? Romo is going to end up. Tony Romo is somewhere. Is it Denver like a lot of people seem to think? We'll see on that. But I think Mike Lennon is the interesting one. You know, coming out of NC State, he was the reason why Russell Wilson left to go to Wisconsin for that final year. Uh, Mike Lennon has shown that he can be possibly an effective starting quarterback. Certainly maybe better if you size him up against the kids coming via the draft this year. Teams may feel better going after Mike Lennon. So uh, we'll see where he lands. So that'll answer some of these questions other than just draft choice quarterbacks. Yeah, I just think the one thing that seems more and more clear and it affects, we'll jump to the Niners now, but it affects all these teams at the top of the draft. If there's not a quarterback that's obvious there, at least you do have uh, nobody that you're really excited about, but um, there are some names out there, um, as you Miles, mentioned. Miles Garrett? Yep. I mean, oh, but mean, I'm oh, just saying in terms agency. of quarterbacks. Oh, I gotcha. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited about Miles Garrett. Plug him in. Um, your pass rush is better, but – you know, in terms of quarterbacks, there is going to be some. There's going to be some movement this off season. I mean, it goes all the way to New England too, because, you know, what do you do? Do you end up wanting to pay Jimmy Garoppolo after next season if Brady continues to play like he is? It's, it's crazy. It's possible out there. Let's jump to the San Francisco 49ers. They're one in ten. Shown some competitiveness, but uh, I don't. I think the one in ten stands up. It's not an unlucky one in ten. Um, Good combination of can't stop people, and you're on your second quarterback, and he's Colin Kaepernick. And again, Mel, it, it looks a little bit like Cleveland here. Yeah, um, the difference is they legitimately need a Miles Garrett type of pass, an yeah. edge rusher. I think that's their fallback. Although Garrett somehow goes one. You know, you look at the Jonathan Allen's not that guy. He's an interior player. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, Jamal Adams is a safety. Jabril Peppers, whatever, however you want to play him. Reuben Foster's an inside linebacker. The problem is at the top of this board, and I don't, I don't know your board, Mel, but for a lot of my guys in the top ten, it's positions that are not necessarily the highest of priority. Running back, inside backer, safety, nickel. Um, you know, those are not the the spots you want to be, the positions you want to be picking at in the top five. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll just look at here. If you want a pass rusher, McKinley at UCLA is going to be up there. I've had him high pretty much the last five weeks. You know, if you want the the corner, you look down at Lattimore, Tabor, and, the, and those kids. Um, there are some pass rushers you can get. You don't have to take them high. You want a tight end that can catch the ball and be a, if you don't say wide receiver tight end anymore, kind of a combination of both. Uh, Bucky Hodges at Virginia Tech would fill that void. Um, so you can do some things. Ryan Anderson's a good football player coming out of Alabama as an outside backer. So there's some kids if you're positioned I think in the middle of the first you can probably do just as well as you can at the top uh, so you know even though some of those guys are elite potentially Miles Garrett Leonard Fournette uh, you know Jonathan Allen certainly Reuben Foster great player but I think you can get some of the pass rushers the wide receivers the corners uh, somewhere in that mid to late first round uh, what do you do with the 49ers but you know that's obviously a problem here's another one though the Chicago Bears Again, you know, they've taken plenty of criticism since the draft for not drafting um, the potential, you know, future replacement for Jay Cutler. It's looking more and more clear that unless they 
come to some kind of a new agreement, which seems unrealistic. Jay Cutler won't be there next year, but who is? And that's another situation where they you feel like they've improved the roster, certainly improved the defensive talent in recent drafts and via free agency, but, you know... Is no Jay that's, Cutler there? Is no Alshon Jeffrey there? Yeah. I mean, it, it gets pretty dicey on the offensive side of the ball. And Todd, that's a rough spot for John Fox because you're you're letting go a veteran quarterback when you're a, a veteran coach who's now been there for a while and hasn't won. Pressure now to win. Pressure's on right. John Fox to win, yet you're cutting ties with your veteran quarterback who's yeah, somebody else. You're not bringing in a rookie and expecting success. Yeah, and you're, you can't draft any of these rookies and plug them in and think you're going to hit the jackpot with Dak Prescott. Keep in mind, Dak Prescott had a great offensive line, and they drafted Elliott, and they, draft, they, they have a yeah. team around the quarterback where at Chicago there's other major holes to fill. So this is a rough go moving forward for John Fox to try to figure out a way to win some football games next year with a quarterback who's an effective starter. I mean, they need secondary help, tight end, but you're, you're not winning unless you're, you're solving that quarterback position. And, you know, as you guys said, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of question marks in terms of quarterbacks early in the draft. That's really is, the spot, guys. That's, where... really, that's really the spot that you would look at Glennon. If you want a guy who at least has some prior experience, has been around long enough where he knows the speed of the game, knows the game itself, smart kid coming out, played the football at NC State there. I say Wilson moved on to Wisconsin because of him. Uh, he's a guy, I know John Gruden raves about him all the time, uh, about uh, the ability of Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon's going to get an opportunity to be a starting quarterback, and if you're Chicago, where else are you going to go? Uh, good question. Yeah, you know the other thing about Chicago, though, we can't say is I, I do think that they've, I th- I feel like there are more there is young talent on this team. I mean they've drafted Kevin White's obviously a total enigma, um, really just based around his they health. hit with Jordan Howard, yeah, Eddie Goldman. Um, no, they've drafted well the last with with Pace, Adrian Amos. At the, at the is a big fan. You know, White Hair's played pretty well. Kwiatowski's even seen a little bit of the field. DeAndre Hall, Jordan Howard, obviously a big hit. I mean, they've they've gotten it, that's the Bears are a really weird team because you just like their personnel, at least their young personnel, better than their record. Maybe that's just me, but you know, I don't know. But again, the quarterback situation has been an absolute has been an absolute mess this year. Obviously. And frankly, the wide receiver situation—they dropped eight, eight, nine, yeah. ten balls this that last week. That was a disgrace. I mean, I mean, that was the worst I've seen so in, a, in a long time of receivers just killing their opportunity to win that game. As I say, Matt Barkley had his career day, best game he's ever had since dating back to USC. Todd they should have won the game twenty-eight, twenty-seven. He puts the ball right there, and Bellamy drops it. Then they have a play on the, uh, the next play, dropped again. There were drops prior to that. I mean, I had never seen a team that. Inept at the quarter at the wide receiver position and, and did not help their quarterback out at all uh, and should as I say should have beaten Tennessee and that tells you where how bad Tennessee's defensive backs are. They really need White to, to do stay something. healthy. Yeah, yeah, do something next year. The Bears. You remember that year, Todd? There were those that thought White. We weren't, but there were those that thought that White was better than Amari Cooper as a yeah. prospect. Oh, that was that was a legitimate debate. Yeah, yeah it was, was, it was big, ceiling. Big it was yeah. the, the ceiling versus you know what you know. We felt like Cooper was exactly. You know, he's a great player that might stay that way. And, you know, White was a really good player who could be an incredible player. But so far, it's not really a comparison. Obviously, health. I mean, White lost an entire season. Basically shin. Yeah, he's two full seasons. We're looking at basically two borderline redshirt years without development. So that's the problem. The Bears, amazingly, have only picked in the top three 
three times in 36 years. So, you know, this is they've they've had some lean years there, not quite like this. And um, but we'll see if they stay there because, you know, Matt Bartlett might maybe might turn it on and Bellamy might start catching something. Guys, let's look at the, the right now. Amazingly. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. It's just amazing. The Jacksonville Jaguars are looking at another year picking in the top five. Um, I really thought that they would make it right now this year. They have a record of two and nine. The low odds, obviously, for the top pick, just because we don't know if Cleveland's ever going to get to two. But right now, according to FPI, the football power index, 86% chance that, again, this franchise is picking in the top five. I mean, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, it's kind of remarkable. But basically, we're looking at a stretch here now where it's been since 2010 since they they got over five wins. I mean, that's almost hard to do on accident. And Mel, I, I keep coming back, and it's not like you guys have been in disagreement. Generally, last few years, you and Todd have agreed, hey, I like what these guys are doing. I like some of these picks. And yet, what we run into is maybe it's because we all know that they drafted guys that that are going to get to play right away. You know, they fill needs because they actually have to play, whereas, you know, there's a lot of other teams, <laughs> you get less excited about their rookie class because they don't have to play right away. I mean, here's the problem with it, Jacksonville in a nutshell this year is they have a regression of their quarterback. Big he time. has regressed. The offensive line has contributed to that, uh, as well as the lack of a running game, which they had last year with Yeldon. They don't have this year. Uh, the injury factor as well, obviously, is a factor for every team, so that's not an excuse. The young receivers, some have not really stepped up like you would thought. Lee made some plays this past week. Robinson hasn't been as dynamic, but overall, I think it gets back to where is Blake Bortles at this stage of his career. I mean, mechanically, uh, things he does, he's a stat quarterback, he's a fantasy league quarterback, he throws, uh, he throws the ball you know, well when it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, when their teams are playing soft and letting you just nickel and dime them down the field, and if you score at the end, who cares? That's when he puts up all these stats that look okay at the end of the game, but for three quarters they were horrible. So I think for Blake Bortles, do we blame it on the pieces missing around him? How much responsibility should he take, Todd? Or what do they feel moving forward about him? And if you look at the offensive line, if you're picking in the top five, there's no offensive lineman to take right now. It's surprising because Bortles made such progress from his rookie to second year. And then to see the regression this year. I mean, offensive line clearly is is an area that they have to improve upon. And they've got to protect him better. But he also has – he's got to do a better job with the consistency of his footwork and, and throwing the football and – His mechanics, and, I mean. Ball placement. So, I mean, it's a tough – you know, it, it's a tough spot to be in because you look at this and you, you see some of the young names and the – you know, what are we going to get from Miles Jack and Jalen Ramsey and – there's some young talent on this on this team, specifically on the defensive side. But and Gakway's had a good rookie year. Yeah, he has. Yeah. He has that bell ready, Maryland. Um, that was a loud one. That was weird. Uh, but you know, I, again, this is it, this team surprises me because I really thought that they were going to. I'm not saying even to the playoffs, but get closer, be in the discussion when we get to around this time of year. God, this is a winnable division. I know. 
This is the division. It's the if easiest division come in together, football. Really? They could have won this division this year. Who, who the heck's going to win it? Houston's still in the mix. Houston's terrible at times this year. They look awful. Mm-hmm. And yet they're going to be in a position. Indianapolis now with Lux injury. Hopefully he comes back this week uh, for Monday night against the Jets. You look where Tennessee is. They're right around that 500 mark. Probably no better than that. As I say, should have lost to the Bears this past week. So this is a division. If you would have gotten some stability and consistency at quarterback in the offensive line, really the offensive line, and that would have affected the the quarterback, and that ball comes out of Bortles' hands sometimes looking bad. His mechanics are unsound. But if that would have come together, yeah, they could have won, uh, won this division probably at 9-7. and seven, But they're not going to be anywhere close to 9-7 and seven after all said and done. So here's a question, though, because they meant, you mentioned it with Bortles. I mean, Bortles is, you know, if you look at the stats and you, and you look at the mechanics, frankly, sometimes where he's dropping the ball down to really his back hip on some of these throws, stuff – Stuff that we would just crush a prospect for, um, you know, it, it's worse than a, you, you have go cases back to like Tebow room. and Kevin Hogan. But here's my question: They drafted Brandon Allen last year. Do they have to be more aggressive and draft somebody a little bit higher, somebody they actually think could compete? Because here's the bottom line: Blake Bortles is in his third year. He's got next year, and then you actually have to start thinking about paying him or not paying him. Right. I mean, right now you not. might want to have something there. Yeah. And and frankly, the funny thing about Bortles is, too, it's like, well, he's a developing quarterback. He's in his third year. You're getting down to a point where you're going to have a guy that has something in between. I don't have it in front of me, but between 40 and 45 starts. And if he's where he is mechanically and the stats are like that, maybe where he was, you know, and towards the end of his rookie season, you, you, suddenly you're the team that has to start thinking about a Glennon. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know what yeah. they do. I think you, you. I mean, use another mid-round pick on a quarterback this year. But to me, you have to continue to build with Bortles as your guy for at least one more year. You've got yeah. to. I mean, what are you going to tear that up for, for one of these quarterbacks that we're talking about that doesn't belong in the first round? I, I mean, I don't know. That's like I said. The dilemma, the dilemma in, in Jacksonville is they have. They're going to have a guy going into his fourth year that's playing like a rookie, and and then they're going to and in a year, you know, you got to make a call on him for the future. I mean, it's just a whole, and that's not even getting into you know the possibility of a coaching change. Whether you think Gus Bradley has been unlucky or he's just had not had a quarterback or he's done a great job or he's done a terrible job. I mean, that possibility is out there. I mean. You just don't know even where this team is going to be on April first when we're into the home stretch. It's it's crazy. What? A, yeah, and the sickening part mess. of this whole thing is there's the Indianapolis Colts with Andrew Luck not able to keep him healthy again. You know, you think about offensive line issues in Jacksonville. There, a lot of issues personnel wise. There, when you have Andrew Luck, you think it's automatic. You're winning a division where there's nobody else of any quality. Mm-hmm. Yet Indianapolis can't do it. Tennessee's trying with Mariota. Mariota's a developing quarterback where. Bortles is a regressing quarterback. So you got a, a quarterback with the arrow pointing up, another one with the arrow pointing down. Does that mean that somebody can't recreate Bortles coming in new that next year with a new system? Maybe they can, a new offense. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think these teams are sitting there scratching their heads saying, boy, if you can't win a division now, what's going to happen when somebody really puts it together? And a team that looks like they're very close to putting it together and having everything in place to be a team that, may, I wouldn't say dominates this division, but is a consistent playoff caliber team right now is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, agreed. Definitely, and Mariota, I'm a Mariota, you know, numbers-wise, and 
and you're seeing it too, decision making wise. I mean, he's he's playing like a top ten, top fifteen quarterback, and if you're in that group, you're really good. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. I know we talk about the crisis, but really that crisis is is at the top of the draft every year. You know, and as a as there's a little bit of a theme here. Cleveland started 19 quarterbacks. One of them was Josh McCown. You're picking one. Gabbert and Kaepernick are your guys. You're picking two. You're down to Matt Barkley throwing to Bellamy. You're picking three. It's all. It's almost always a theme. It's it's uh, it's there every single year, you know. And I would call the Jags at least a recent exception because, as Todd said, they think they have their guy. They think this is the one they're supposed to build around. It's just getting closer and closer to the time where you got to make a decision. Right. Obviously, as we continue down the the roast here, frankly, of teams without quarterback, consistent quarterback play, the New York Jets. This is such a weird team, Mel, because, you know, the Jets at one time have been proven absolutely correct for the stand they took on Ryan Fitzpatrick this summer. And they have been, you know, but the problem is, is it's killed them. I mean, they, they needed him. He needed them. And nobody else really, you know, wanted him at, at the price they were willing to pay. So they get each other. And we're seeing a lot more of less Fitzmagic and more Fitzpatrick. Um, but again, another team where we're still we, there's a good chance, according to what their head coach is saying, that we're not going to see any of Bryce Petty. We might not see any of Christian Hackenberg going into next year. We know they were high on Hackenberg. We know that they they were basically admitting they thought he was a redshirt type. What do you think, Mel? I mean, could this team? This is this seems like another team where they could be in the Romo conversation, like they once were with Far. You know, they could be in that Glennon conversation. They could be in the Cutler conversation, frankly. I mean, that would make for sweet tabloids in New York. But what do you think? I think exactly the names you mentioned. That's what they're going to have to do because uh, the quarterbacker, you can't put any faith in Petty or uh, a Hackenberg who hasn't done anything yet and didn't do anything his final two years at Penn State to, to show that he could be an effective starting quarterback. The only one year he showed anything was his freshman campaign uh, with Bill O'Brien. So you, know, you can't say all of a sudden we're going to just go forward with Hackenberg or Petty. Can't do it. Uh, you you got you to find some way to do it. And I don't know about Romo, if that's going to be the team he really wants to go to, uh, in the New York Jets. Uh, it's, the, it's crazy how this league is tied because you saw New England and the Jets battle it out Sunday, and right. it ended up being a Patriots victory, but the, the Jets have some personnel. They have some individual talent that's really good, but until they figure out the quarterback position in that division, they're going to be in the cellar. Yeah, I, I think they can upgrade their offensive line, too. There are a couple spots of guard. Definitely could be upgraded. I think David Harris is starting to age. I think inside backer is a spot that they could go if they, if they had to, to pair with Darren Lee, who's more, you know, a little undersized, more athletic guy. Secondary, there are a couple spots that they could get a little younger and and just upgrade. So uh, those are the other positions, and even wide receiver too. You know, is this the first spot where you talk about a guy like a Mike Williams? Brandon Marshall's been good, but he's not getting any younger. Yeah, it could be. You know, it could be Devin Smith. They're still kind of waiting on through injury, and you know, uh, you know, I don't think you see a one there. No, you don't. You don't see an offensive lineman worth drafting this early, and and um, yeah, I, I think. If it is a linebacker, Reuben Foster would make sense. But again, I you know I struggle to. Am I going to spend a top five pick on a on an inside linebacker after using a first round pick on Darren Lee last year? So these all all these teams have tough decisions to make. But I, I do think wide receiver is a spot here, and I don't. My guess is they're going to move forward with uh, with Hackenberg maybe is is the guy to to try to build around, see what he can offer. But 
there's, like you said, Mel, there's zero guarantee that, that he can be even a serviceable starter in the league at this point. And again, that's not, I mean, this, this is a team that really until Hackenberg, there were some questions on the value slot at that pick. I think maybe you shift philosophy a little bit for a quarterback at that spot. But they've been very best player available uh, recently. I mean, they didn't necessarily, quote-unquote, need Leonard Williams. I mean, as if you can say any team doesn't need a player like that. But they had Sheldon Richardson. They had Muhammad Wilkerson. They, they had Leonard Williams there at six. They went ahead and took him. When a lot of people said, no, 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 you got to take Kevin White. Um, and then again this year, you know, Darren Lee was a guy we thought could go as certainly earlier than he did, and maybe even to 17. Uh, unfortunately, Todd had it pegged that they would take Keanu Neal there. Nailed that in his mock. But, uh, you know, they had Lee there at 20. You know, they've been they've been doing that, so you never know. But it, it does, you know, is this another team that could take a at least a mid-round gamble on a, on a passer because they have no idea necessarily what they have on their roster? Weird situation with the, uh, with the New York Jets. Three and eight, according to us, FPI, 55% chance that they're a top five pick. Could still certainly out, but 97% that they're a top 10 pick. So they're certainly going to be in the conversation for big names uh, all the way through spring. Let's take a quick break and then just run through a few more teams that are going to be in the top 10 mix with some, frankly, some good situations as a part of that. But first, a word from Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I got signed up for Blue Apron a few weeks ago, and the experience has been great. I'm not kidding. The meals are delicious. It's been surprisingly fun to make food with the fam. And again, Blue Apron is a unique holiday gift. It's almost December, people. Give someone you love the gift of great food this season. And again, you get it around the year. It's not just that one day. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. So you can't say, I can't cook. It's all set up. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash first draft. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So do not wait. That's blueapron.com slash first draft. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back to First Draft. Running through a potential, at least what the top ten looks like right now. The very first glimpse of, you know, frankly, what could become the draft order. We've been bagging on these top five teams like, uh, you know, that kind of just happens. But at number six right now... We have an interesting case. Mel just mentioned this is a team that, you know, maybe depending on what happens in, in Indy, if if Andrew Luck doesn't become an absolute, you know, iconic level superstar, if they continue to have personnel problems, maybe Tennessee inherits the South. They got the quarterback situation figured out. And in this case, we're talking about them at a potential, you know, top 10 pick because they get the Rams pick. And the Rams, uh, after a 3-1 and one start, haven't gone anywhere. And now the coach is fighting with Eric Dickerson. Mel, 
Are you kind of getting a little bit excited about Tennessee Titans? They got the quarterback situation and now maybe a top 10 pick. Who who could you see them, not necessarily the player, but at least that kind of position where they could be looking? Well, I think you've got to be excited about the direction they're headed. Uh, you got to be excited about Mariota, the offensive line, the way Conklin played this year. You have the bookends attack with Lawan and Conklin. you got defensive personnel in the front seven that can get after the quarterback. Uh, you got a uh, young receiver in Sharp. Matthew stepped in and did a good job. Walker's an outstanding veteran tight end. Derek Henry gave him a good one-two punch with uh, DeMarco Murray. So everything's in place there. I think defensively, and I mentioned it uh, during the course of the, of the podcast today, the secondary is the big issue, and there's where you look at you know, what role do you see Peppers in. You have Jamal Adams from LSU. Uh, the cornerback position, do you take on Marshawn Lattimore from Ohio State that high? Somewhere around 6'7", we'll see. But I think the secondary needs to be addressed. They were moving around last year. You know, They moved up and you know, down and back up. So uh, they're going to do what they have to do to try to get the value they need and fill the positional need areas they have to. But I think, Todd, on paper right now and watching this team, they are desperate for not just one defensive back, probably two. So do you want to get the safety early or do you want to wait a little bit for the cornerback? Uh, there's some depth at that spot this year, some really good cornerbacks that you can get somewhere mid to late first round. you got, you got Tease Tabor at Florida. you got Quincy Wilson at Florida. you got Sidney Jones at Washington, Kevin King at Washington. you got Tredavious White at LSU. you got Jordan. Jordan Lewis at Michigan, Desmond King, Iowa, uh, all kind of Marlon Humphrey, Alabama. you got a lot of corners, Todd, so they got to try to figure it out. But they not only need one, they probably need two and maybe three. Yeah, and they could, be, they could have two picks in the top, really in the top 15 or probably yeah. two in the top 20. Um, so you look at it, what, whatever you don't get with, that, with this pick, the Rams' original pick, then you, you can wind up. Addressing whether if you let's say you get a, a Marshawn Lattimore from Ohio State at corner, then a little bit later in the first, it, whether it's uh, OJ Howard or or Jake Butt from Michigan, Howard from Alabama at the tight end position, whatever falls to you there, or maybe it's a wide receiver. Maybe Mike Williams is still there at fifteen, which I, I tend to doubt. But a Juju Smith Schuster, wherever you have him, or the next best wide receiver uh, at that point, I think they're in a good situation because clearly. If you're t- picking in the top five and you need a quarterback, this is not the year. They have a quarterback, and they're going to have two picks in the top 20, and I think that's where the sweet spot of this draft is, is in that you know what are six, seven, eight to somewhere 20, 25, where there's a, a lot of depth and, and good players uh, at wide receiver, at tight end, still on the defensive side, some offensive line prospects that are better values there as well. Just and be- also watch watch this Pac-12 championship game Friday night uh, to see a John Ross, who's the fastest player, one of the fastest players in the country, can, comes back from the knee injury, has a great year for Jake Browning as their key target, a guy that can uh, take the top off a of defense and has that kind of speed that the NFL wants. So John Ross, you got a Wouzier, the corner, you got defensive backs for Colorado will be playing in the NFL. Uh, you got an opportunity here to watch a guy like Kevin King and a guy like Sidney Jones, the two corners, go up against Shea Fields, wide receiver junior from Colorado. So I think a good game to look at the the corners, Buda Baker, coming off a phenomenal game that has had a great career, the safety from Washington. He's going to be a nice prospect in the first three rounds. So a lot of DBs at Washington, the receiver at Washington, the receiver at Colorado, the DBs at Colorado, Pac-12 championship game. I think a lot of scouts and GMs are going to have their eye on that one. Hey, Mel, just because he's a fun name, we get asked about him a lot, and Tennessee is in that position where, hey, they have two picks maybe in the top 20. They need a bunch of help in the secondary. Is this a spot for – you're in Todd's boy, Jabril Peppers. 
I think it could be for anybody that figures that this is the defensive coordinator pick. Uh, you know, how does Peppers fit into your scheme? Uh, how do you view him uh, with his versatility and how the, the many roles and many hats he can wear? Um, so I think, yeah, he's definitely, do you want to go the safety first and the cornerback second, go cornerback first and wait on the safety? Uh, that's the decision. I think, as I said, they could use not only one, two, maybe three. And there is some depth. Eddie Jackson's going to drop with the injury, but not that far. I don't think the injury is going to really have that much impact. He's also a heck of a punt returner. Mark Marcus May had the injury against South Carolina. Uh, kid out of Florida had a high grade. What happens with Malik Hooker at Ohio State? Does he come out? I mentioned a Wouzier from Colorado, a cornerback safety combo. Could maybe be a better safety in, in the NFL. So I think it depends upon you know what philosophy they're going to have, how they want to attack it. As I said, two to three defensive backs is what I think they're going to come out of this draft with, and probably two of those defensive backs will come early. Well, they're 30th right now in the NFL in total defense. Um you know, so obviously that's the side of the ball they're going to be working on. I think they've done a really nice job, you know, frankly, when you give him after they got Mariota, you know, to to have two tackles you like right now in the yeah. NFL is unbelievable. Yeah, I go back to the Bill Walsh draft in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a team he was putting together and he needed DBs. He drafted Ronnie Lott in the first round. He drafted Carlton Williamson. He drafted Lynn Thomas. He drafted, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the whole uh, Don Griffin. Uh, he drafted four defensive backs in one draft, and all four of those defensive backs had major contributions and uh, Hall of Famers out of that group. So I think you look at this draft for Tennessee, I think uh, could be similar to that one. Hey, speaking of peppers right now, this is funny. I get a random note. I get a text from a guy that says he lives in Detroit. And he says, you had just gone back from a uh, Michigan game. And he's like, yeah, the local radio guy's kind of sounding off on how uh, how McShay uh, doesn't love peppers enough. And I was like, I was like, Todd McShay, I was like, Peppers doesn't even have a position, and Todd has him ranked as the number three player in the entire draft. If he could love him anymore, he'd look like an idiot. You know, in yeah. draft circles. It was amazing. You guys have a thankless job sometimes, but that one really cracked me up. <laughs> Peppers. And I got a feature on him four straight weeks. I know. It would uh, be like Mel hates Baltimore. It's like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> guys, we hit the Titans. Real quick, want to run through just a few more teams that could be mentioned. Cincinnati hasn't been drafted in this range in forever. Um, they could be in a good spot. Well, there they are. So if, you know, you know, you've got the players we talked talked about. It. We can mention them over and over again. But yeah. whether it's linebacker, edge rusher, um, you know, at that spot, Tim Williams from Alabama, um, you know, somewhere they're going to be somewhere in this range. And Ruben Foster's a possibility. I just I think that there's going to be value for a team like Cincinnati that's sitting there with kind of different needs than a lot of the other teams that we've mentioned so far. Yeah, and I would kind of hit pause on the idea that Cincinnati's going to repeat this. I mean, Tyler Eifert was one of the best players on the planet last year. They missed him for the first chunk of this season. They got behind. Now A.J. Green gets hurt. This is like the classic team you look at. They're going to get a good player here. And next year, they're going to be one of the teams that's that's favored in a, in a, in a tough division. The other team in that exact same vein, Mel Carolina, Right now, we have them at 60% chance to be in the top 10. Again, you think, hey, get a good player. You should be a really good team again next year, potentially. 
Yeah, they could be. I saw Cincinnati Sunday, and I'll tell you what, you go back to the Bengals, the offensive line. I mean, they had what, eight passes batted down right in Dalton's face, uh, you know, when they could have won that football game. Uh, you know, they had the wide receivers to let the Sanu go and let Jones go and then have Boyd come in and, and slow developing, but has caught fire of late. So they hope Tyler Boyd can be a nice piece, but they miss certainly Jones and Sanu and the offensive line issue at the right tackle spot with uh, Abwehi. Uh, but I think uh, the defense has some personnel. I think the Carolina Panthers, again, the offensive line. Uh, another situation where you could address that, but there's no offensive lineman to take. Cam Robinson from Alabama projected more mid, late, not early. Uh, you know, this is a team that, again, you know, finding ways to lose. They've been able to do that uh, a lot this year, where you, you know, find ways to win. They're finding ways to lose these games. They came back against the Raiders and then lost it after even Carr had the finger injury. Still came back and with 11 of 18, even with a uh, you know a finger that was damaged in that game. So uh, you know, Carolina just has not fallen their way, but they're not far away they're a team picking at a top 10 that really shouldn't be the last two teams we don't need to dive into them but just to mention these are two teams that people don't realize these are teams that could be picking in the top 10 of the draft the arizona cardinals think of all the great players they have on that team old in some spots with some decisions to be made but this is a team again now over a 40 percent chance they're in the top 10 and yikes the indianapolis colts right now over a 50 percent chance that that team is again you know, drafting in the top ten. I not again, but just the thought that they're in that position that they are, um, with frankly how excited, you know, some people are obviously about the quarterback situation where they are, but hey, I guess they do need to get more players. That's obvious by where they are. Let's jump into the mailbag really quickly here, um, uh, before I don't know, I feel like Todd, are you just gonna go directly to the hospital after this is over? Immediately. Yeah. If if not sooner. All right, let's jump into these real quickly. Mike Tomlin at Mike at Tomlin three, excuse me. He asked McShay. Doesn't even leave put Mel on here. That's smart guy. That's uh, that's pretty hurtful. Why is no one giving Patrick Mahomes credit? You know, I'm interested to watch his tape. I, I watched the game he played last. Uh, was it? I forget what night. Was it a third? Thursday or Friday night, I got all the days mixed You're up with the holidays. Haze. Uh, not even, no. <laughs> no. Can you remember which which games were on which nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yeah, Mahomes, the Texas Tech yeah. quarterback, for some of you who don't know. Big-time athlete, big-time arm. What I've, else? I, I don't know. I still haven't, you know, I've got a lot of work to do on him, but clearly has the size. Dad was a Major League Baseball player. Comes from, you know, a family that pro and, and understand the game, and he, he – has had a big year in a system that has never worked in the NFL. It's never transi- transitioned to the NFL. So, you know, we'll see in terms of physical tools, that's part of it. But then also, how does he, how quickly does, can he pick things up? How quickly can he transition from that? Um, it'll be interesting to see. And, and talk to, to Cliff Kingsbury, his head coach, who played in the NFL for a little bit too, and kind of what the challenges are and, and where he thinks he is and, how quickly he can pick things up. I mean, and he also has to figure out how if he's coming out. And, right. I was just going to say, all of these guys, yeah. really, even, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I, I know he's not going to, but should go back. Brad Kaya could go back. You could make an argument. I think Deshaun Kaiser from Notre Dame absolutely should go back. Has a lot of tools, but is not developed in there yet. So, I mean, pick any Mitch Trubisky. He's played really well. He's going to be a first round draft pick. It's, prob- it's probable that he is. But. What is he going to have? Thirteen starts going into the NFL. When did when has that ever worked? Mark Sanchez, thirteen so, starts going into the NFL. Yeah, I think most most if not all of these guys should really think long and hard about returning to school 
and getting more experience and continuing to work on their game. Because, yeah, the, the first contract's really, you know, it's nice to make the money, and I get it. But you got to be in position to succeed when you get to the NFL. And what if you're thrown into a situation like a Dak Prescott and you get your opportunity? You know, the guys that are having success are the ones that had a lot of starts in college. Dak, you know, Dak has been the most successful of all these guys. That's the biggest thing he had. He had experience and great intangibles and, and leadership skills. I'll throw out two names. And uh, Luke Falk, uh, Chris Sproul knows very well at Washington State. Todd, we talked to kids. Uh, you How know, is it a good. Washington State player that Mel likes better than me? I don't understand this. I, I like, like the Luke safety. Falk. I, I like him. I like him, too. I like Luke Falk. And I'll tell you, uh, like Chris, it's too early to throw out our kid from Tiffin to McShay and everybody. Yeah, leave it alone. I'll throw out Antonio Pipkin. Antonio Antonio Pipkin. I got tape on him, Todd. He looks pretty good. Antonio Pipkin. They go to the Senior Bowl. He's at a Tiffin. Uh, He's a kid who played basketball there for two years. He's an athlete. He ran. He threw. Uh, He's a leader. Uh, He's respected. He may be, as I say, down in Mobile. If he's not, he's going to be a guy on the NFL radar. He's already on their radar. Uh, I watched him. He's he's an impressive kid. We got a quarterback group that's questionable. He's a senior. He's had four forty-four games. Todd. He's played in forty-four, not fourteen. Four forty-four. 44 of them. Uh, you know, 44. I think, uh, yeah, Antonio Pipkin from Tiffin. And Everybody you know, Mel, we love players out of the GLIAC. We got yep. Johnson in Minnesota. We got right, Carr. You too. Beldier, Holmes. God, the line we'll is an article about A bunch it. of pro bowlers out of there. Hey, real quick here. We got a few more, and these are pretty good. Macri, saying real Macri quick. dialed them up. I say real quick, and then Mel goes into Tiffin football. Hey, Trip Shelton, at Trip Shelton 515, actually asked Mel, yeah, nobody was Not asking. That's why I had to bring this up, Todd. First, first back <laughs> off the board, Cook or Fournette? I, I, I think I know where you're going to go, but I don't think people realize how well liked Cook is, too. Yeah, I mean, he's way up there. Uh, and Deontay Foreman from Texas. And there's going to be a ton of running backs. Uh, you know, Wadley at Iowa, Todd, you've seen him. Uh, you know, you look at Matt Days at NC State. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these, these running backs, uh, Chubb and Freeman, Freeman from Oregon, Chubb from George, kind of dropped back a little bit. Days has moved up there. Wayne Gallman's probably Christian coming out McCaffrey. from Clemson. I had a GM tell me recently he thinks he might be a top 20, 25 pick. Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. Yeah, he's got the versatility, and Foreman is the productive runner. Uh, I think right now, and that's what we have to get back to, how high does Leonard Fournette go? What team looks at Leonard Fournette uh, in the top five of round one? Because uh, he's the back that is not up. Dalvin Cook has a lot of Jamal Charles in him. Uh, so I think Dalvin Cook certainly, and I think Foreman and McCaffrey. You could, could you have four running backs going round one this year, maybe? Yes. I want, I want a backfield. Uh, I want Conklin, Lawan, and then I want a backfield of Henry, uh, Murray, and Fournette, and Mariota running a wing tee, like old school, high school. A wishbone? Think that, I think, yeah, a good wishbone. That would be sweet. Maybe get the Navy and Army coaches down there for this a is, little This uh, is what primer. I'm sticking around for, bro? Yeah, this is what's Bring keeping you from Bill the Yeoman hospital. Veer. There you go. Hey, let's, uh, let's end up with Todd, the player that he hates. He has him as only as high as number three on the board. Aaron, at X49ers fan, asks, what's the best comp for Jabril Peppers? I've said day on Buchanan for a while. I think it's fair. Buchanan left college as 207. Uh, left yeah, Washington State, about 207 pounds, played in, in the box safety spot there at Washington State. Um, and that, But the, the big difference, I think, between those two is that Buchanan always had great ball skills. Peppers is interesting because he catches the ball on offense, great catching the ball in the return game, but has never been great at – it's not even – when you say ball skills, everyone says, well, he has great hands. Okay, got it. But as a reactionary player, 
taking the correct angle, getting to the spot, and being in position to make the interception. Some guys just have better instincts and naturally take better angles and time their jumps and all those sorts of things. Peppers has not shown that throughout his career. He doesn't have an interception in his career. Um, and he, he, I, Through seven or eight games, he had zero pass breakups this year. And I know he's playing in the box, in the box and, and blitzing and all that, but you want to see more ball production. So that's the difference, whereas I think Peppers is probably a little bit better than Buchanan coming off the edge, blitzing, and playing the run inside the box, even though he's, he's only 205 pounds. Mel, can we just get the hashtag started right now? McShay hates peppers. It's already out there. Man, I love that. Because he only, he only so has him as a, a top five player. And Todd's, Todd's going to take heat from guys in the league that he's way too high on my board. Todd's compares him to Dayon Buchanan, who is a first-round pick, and people are going to be mad that he's not uh, a mix of Charles Woodson, Patrick Peterson, and, yeah, and Vaughn Miller. Like, Todd, are you blind? Yeah, he's only seen him up close like five times this year. Hey, uh, that's it for us. Thanks for the mail. We got through. Uh, yeah, thanks for the mail, everybody. I we got through it. the factory of sadness and nine other teams. And uh, my mailbox was empty, Todd. I'm going to the emergency room, Mel. Later, <laughs> Todd's, uh, <laughs> Todd's injecting vitamin water right here. He won't even eat his take five. That's vitamin incredible. C tablets, Todd. All right, we will do it again. I dug into my private stash for that take five. We will too. do it again in a couple weeks, where we are getting really, really close to. The first Todd McShay mock draft oh, where he, me back. he gets to put some juniors in there and then get like mean texts from college coaches. I love this time of year. This is great. <laughs> but uh, for me, uh, Todd and Mel, we will do it again in a couple weeks. That's first draft. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.